This is Millennial Man Motions Entertainment, LLC. Today is Sunday, July 3rd, 2022, and in this episode, I was thinking that in celebration of, in celebration of, and in honor of the 60th anniversary of 60th anniversary of the James Bond film franchise and because this is most likely going to be my last piece of James Bond content for you guys all for a long while that I would rank for you guys all 25 Eon official James Bond movies from the worst to the best in my own personal opinion opinion. This is this would be a nice little James Bond little uh, episode to go directly after the two Austin Powers 3 in gold but Austin Powers 3 in gold member uh two little episodes. And this is most likely the James Bond episode that will have to last a while till till we not know about any um future news or revelations about a possible Bond 26. And a great way to celebrate and honor the 60th anniversary. Also, if you're curious to know what my rankings were of each Bond actor's own individual movies, if you look earlier, uh, a year or two ago, what have, whatever the case may be, uh, of Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton with George Lazenby, Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig, all six of those official actors have their own individual rankings of their own movies earlier in the history of my channel, of my platform, if you want to check this out. But I thought, what a great way to celebrate is to actually have on record how I would rank all 25 movies now that um, No Time to Die, Bond 25 from 2021 has sit with me long enough. It will be included in all 25 official movies. Um, this means that there will be no Casino Royale from 67 spoof or no 1983 with Sean Connery back, Never Say Never Again. These will just be the 25 movies in the official Eon Cannon official I'm going to rank this in my own personal belief from worst to best, 25 to 1. I made the list about a week ago or so. Um, I, I do also want to say that this was not an easy list to make. Now, I did it in a night or two. I did it in about one night or two nights. But to come off the list altogether, 25, worst to best, 25 to 1. It was a difficult, not easy list to make. But I think I've got each and every movie for the most part, in its right spot. And like I said, if you want to check out all six actors' own personal movies, where's the best of that, that's earlier in the channel. 
for what each of them was like. But this is a list of all 25 now, all 25 movies. And uh, without further ado, let's start off now with the number 25th spot. What I consider the worst of all 25 movies. And that is... A View, a View to a Kill, A View to a Kill, which came out the year of my birth, 1985, 1985, A View to a Kill. This was the seventh official Roger Moore entry, the seventh and final of Roger Moore. Now let me go over real quick uh, information on why A View to a Kill ranks at 25 in very much last place, and that reason is... There really isn't anything redeemable about this movie. Roger Moore's way too old. I didn't care for the villains. I didn't care for the plot. I didn't care for the Bond woman. There's literally, like, nothing redeemable about this at all. The music, I didn't consider the music to be very good. Roger Moore was in his late 50s. I think it was, like, 56, 57. Must have been, like, at least 57. 56, 57, something really high in the 50s for this. He was way too old for this. Didn't care for the villains, didn't care for the plot, didn't care for the Bond, Bond woman, didn't care for the music. And so, for that reason, for, for those reasons, A View to a Kill comes in way last place compared to all the 24 movies that will be after the 25th there. With 20, ranking at 25 last place, A View to a Kill. Now, I'm going to give you a reason on why my next movie made the 24th spot but was pretty close to also almost being 25 as well. And that is, let me just get up the page for it so I can say who one of the Bond Womans are that I actually liked. That'll be the positive of it. But coming in now, in, a, in a, I'm gonna give you the positive about 24 in a sec, but coming in now at 24 for negative is, Diamonds Are Forever, 1971. Sean Connery's official sixth and final movie, because only did six movies. Like I said, Never Say Never Again doesn't count as part of the official Eon, James Bond, uh, Eon, uh, United Artists series. So, really, Diamonds Are Forever was his sixth and final movie. Never Say Never doesn't count. So, this movie was very, it was terrible, it was awful. Uh, didn't care for the story. Didn't care for how Sean Connery really did not care about the role you could tell his heart wasn't in, in it and overall and it's got these strange um these strange um henchmen people that were bizarre and annoying uh overall it almost came in 25th spot but that was for a view to a kill but the reason it made it to 24th spot which was almost a view to a kill and Diamonds Are Forever could almost be interchangeable. The reason it, it did get to 24 and not be 25, whereas where a view to a kill had nothing redeemable, the one and only thing I like about Diamonds Are Forever is Plenty O'Toole. Lana Wood, Lana Wood as Plenty O'Toole. She's got a plenty of, <clears throat> a plenty of, <clears throat> Lana, unfortunately, um, because I didn't care for this movie, I'm going to give this away. She passes away or gets killed off in this movie, unfortunately. So, 
I'm sure you don't mind me. You won't mind me saying that if for most people, Diamond Forever is not their favorite as well. I don't think it's in most people's favorites. But coming in the 24th spot is Diamonds Are Forever. Sean Connery just not care about it anymore. He just came for the paycheck. He could tell. Didn't have his heart in it. Didn't care for the story. Didn't care for the villains. And uh, I didn't like that Lana Woods Plenty of Tool died in it. But she had a plenty of mm, mm, and she looked really good. So Lana Wood is Plenty of Tool was what saved it from to make it 24 and almost 25 when there's really literally nothing at all really good at all about a view to a kill whereas at least with diamonds of forever lana wood made it at least somewhat watchable now coming in at the 23rd spot and again like i said this 25 list a week or two ago was not easy to make but i have every movie in each spot somehow after lots of contemplation and thought coming in now at the 23rd spot is the Man with the Golden Gun. 1974's The Man with the Golden Gun. This is Roger Moore's second official entry. He's still trying to find his his groove, his mojo on how he plays the character. The Man with the Golden Gun in the 23rd spot. Uh, I didn't really care for the storyline. Um, it had a pretty good villain in uh, Christopher Lee, but... Outside of Christopher Lee, like the story as as the main villain, the story wasn't that wasn't it had something to do with elect. Uh, let me see. Let me uh, open that up again real quick. Christopher Lee was a pretty good villain, but um, oh, okay, right. So. Sonar, sonar cell technology that may have been ahead of its time uh unfortunately the actor that played the knickknack of his little hench little henchman guy hervey her i cannot pronounce his name but unfortunately similar to uh Vern troyer as little people they both um unfortunately self-deleted themselves so that would so that, that also doesn't make it watchable to see him like that to know what happened to him later on uh but overall, like, it's got some funny martial arts stuff going on with the Asian stuff. Overall, the man with the golden gun, I have very low, and it's it just, it's, Roger Moore is a little, he's alright, but again, he isn't really, well, we'll get to that. But the man with the golden gun, I think it's at a good spot of not too much of a rewatchable movie, James, as far as all the James Bond movies are concerned. So, the man with the golden gun from 1974 makes it on the 23rd spot. So, so far with 25 to 1, 25 we have a view to a kill, absolute worst, nothing redeemable. 24 we got Diamonds Are Forever. A view, to kill, a view to a Kill was Roger Moore's seventh and final one. Diamonds Are Forever was Sean Connery's sixth and final one. And then at 23, and again, I only like Diamonds Are Forever because of Lana Wood, which made it go up a spot from A View to a Kill. And The Man with the Golden Gun, pretty bad also. Though I did, I did like the, um, I did like the dance scene of the, um, whatchamacallit, the woman that did the little... The belly, yeah, belly, dancing, belly dancing. The belly dancing scene was nice, and Brit Brit Eklund as Good Night. Brit Eklund as Good Night was easy on the eyes to at least have make, make that watch it before the man with the golden gun. Now coming now in at the twenty second spot is twenty two spot. Die another day. 
Pierce Brosnan's fourth and final movie. He's the only actor that did not get to leave on his own terms. Pierce Brosnan is the only actor to play Bond that did not get, did not get to leave the part on his leave the a part role on his own terms. He actually did want to do a fifth, but the producers weren't up for that. Die Another Day comes in at the 22nd spot. Fourth and final Pierce Brosnan. He wanted to do more. He wanted to do a fifth. This was absolutely let me tell you. Well, let me let me tell you the one positive. It had a pretty, it pretty, had a pretty good, pretty interesting, um, engaging opening. That first five or ten minutes in uh in North Korea, that was really great. But after that opening in North Korea, it pretty much really like went downhill from there. So much so after such a strong, really neat opening. So die another day was so much wrong with it. The music's not good. The story's not good. The movie's all over the place after a really good beginning of a, of a cold open. And so, for all that, Die Another Day comes in at the 22nd spot. But I can tell you that the one thing I did actually really like about Die Another Day was Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike made that movie watchable, and she still makes it watchable. So yeah, Die Another Day is only good because of Ro Rosamund Pike and because Pierce Brosnan gave, it, gave a pretty good performance, but they, the producers really swindled him out of doing the fifth part because of how bad they made this fourth movie uh, for him. And this is, by the way, the 20th movie in the official franchise. So at the 22nd spot, we got Die Another Day. In the 21st spot, in the 21st spot now, we're going to have... Actually, an entry from the Daniel Craig era. Okay, of Daniel Craig's five movies, after much contemplation, thought, and really thinking, all, and really going over all this, coming into the 21st spot, Spectre. Spectre was so disappointing that even though I didn't care too much for a lot of Quantum of Solace, the 22nd movie, and Daniel Craig's second movie, Spectre really makes it lower on the list and makes Quantum of Souls a better a better movie in comparison. Spectre, similar to Die Another Day, had a really strong opening. Spectre had a strong 5-10 minute opening just like Die Another Day did. So the 20th movie had a strong opening and the 24th had a strong opening. But similar to Die Another, Die Another Day, after Spectre got past the opening, it pretty much went a whole lot downhill from there, uh, story-wise and and pacing wise and all kinds of stuff of that kind of nature and the Bond girl for Spectre she's not really that good doesn't there's not much to her though she does improve a little bit better when she appears in No Time to Die Bond 25 but that's not saying much but but the Bond women outside of her that I actually did like Inspector are the Mexican actress to play the Mexican Bond woman with for Daniel Craig in the very beginning opening of the movie. And I also liked Monica Belushi in her in her little part, though she should have been in Monica Belushi should have been in the part uh, should have been in the James Bond movie there a whole lot longer than she was. She was kind of wasted in a short little role for what how how she, how she's so neat and she looked really great in the lingerie by the way. Um, and she was, oh, she was, she may have was, she was in the running to be a Bond woman in Tomorrow Never Dies, 1997, but unfortunately, they chose Terry Hatcher over her. But, um, let me just get out of the way right now. Monica Belushi, Monica Belushi and Spectre looked really great in the lingerie, and even though Monica Belushi wasn't Terry Hatcher's part in Tomorrow Never Dies, in Tomorrow Never Dies in the quick little scene, 
Terry Hatcher also looked good in the in the lingerie, to say the least. Now, so for those reasons, 22 at Die Another Day, not good, and 21 at Spectre, not good. The the two little movies first to get it um, in the in the both Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig errors. Now in the 20th spot, in the 20th spot is. The next movie to come in the uh, Roger Moore era, era, after the second spot in the 23rd spot was The Man with the Golden Gun of his second movie in the 23rd spot. Coming in now in the 20th spot for me is Moonraker, the sci-fi going to space bond in 1979. In the 20th, 20th spot, we got Moonraker. It's very silly. It very doesn't seem very Bondy-ish, at least not how the movie was. Maybe the I believe maybe the novel was actually better than the actual movie. But Moonraker had a silly villain. It's got a lot of silly stuff going on. It has some good city scenes before they go to space. But overall, it was quite ridiculous. And this was Roger Moore's fourth time in the role of seven times and again like i said if you're curious on how i rank each individual bond actors own own individual movies from worst to best you can catch that out earlier in the platform channel to see each actor when i was doing that originally for all of them but yeah moonraker comes in now the 20th spot in the 19th spot in the 19th spot we have another roger moore entry and the and so after, in the 19th spot after the 20th Runemaker, Runemaker, Ru Moonraker is... At number 19, for your eyes only, for your eyes only, 1981. Now listen, now don't get me wrong, the story was good. The main base real whole story of the Grease stuff with the Grease woman... And 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 having uh, Roger Moore be more of a serious Bond compared to how silly uh, Moonraker was from the, the movie before. To that, for your eyes only, though had a, though it had a good story and some good characters, some of the good some of the characters, and and him being serious and stuff. What makes it so low on this list is that the very beginning opening of how the cold entry cold open is on how he takes out a main bad person from previous Sean Connery entries so easily from that opening being being really bad and ridiculous to a very ridiculous ending of a political figure those openings and endings make this low on the list where for your eyes only could have been higher on the list if both the very beginning opening and the very end weren't the way the like the way that they were so for all that that's why for your for your eyes only is at 19 we got another Another Roger Moore movie coming up right after For Your Eyes Only. So, um, just to recap real quick. 25th spot, absolute worst. No redeemable, no redeemable value whatsoever. With nothing going for it. A view to a kill, 85. 24th spot, Diamonds Are Forever. Though it's still watchable because of Lana Wood and only because of Lana... Yeah, but was it? I believe her name is Lana Wood. Uh... Yes, yes, uh, yeah, it was Lana Wood as a, she's plenty of tool, oh, plenty of tool, alright, and let's see, we're back to, uh, Full Your Eyes Only, we just said, oh, yeah, I said for 19 spot was because the very beginning and the very ending ruined, 
Oh, well, let me give let me give you one other. Well, listen, let me give you another positive. Let me give you one more positive about For Your Eyes Only. It's got the Israeli a Israeli actor. Well, what was his name? Hold on a sec. It's and in For Your Eyes Only, we have the Israeli actor Topol, who is in, of course, the the legendary and great. Um, Fiddler on the roof. So yeah, that's one. That's one positive in the actual movie, real movie itself. For your eyes only, Topol, the Israeli actor, is in for your eyes only, working with uh, Roger Moore. So that make it, that made it watchable. But yeah, because at the very beginning, the very end, in a low spot, that's for your eyes only at the 19th spot. But uh, yeah, View to a Kill at 25, Diamonds Are Forever at 24, The Man with the Golden Gun at 23, Die Another Day at 22. Spectre at 21, Moonraker at 20, yeah, 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 Dime, The Man with the Golden Gun at 23, Die Another Day at 22, Spectre at 21, Moonraker at 20, and For Your Eyes Only at 19. And now we have reached the 18th spot of the list, ranking all 25 James Bond movies from worst to best. Coming in now at number 18 is... Octo Pussy! Octo Pussy, number 18. Alright, this actually had a strong opening, like other movies with a strong opening, with what he does in that flying vehicle. But then later on in the movie, you, you got him in a clown suit and uh, a clown costume. And uh, it's just a very, like, ha 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 funny type of them, which unfortunately most of the Roger Moore movies, like, are. But it did have a really good opening. And it had a good, um, you know, any, a lot of these movies, anytime Desmond Llewellyn was in these, any of these movies from, uh, like two or three up until 19, that he does, you know, great to work with all, he got to work with all the first five Bonds. So, you know, you know, you know, if you liked your cue with Desmond Llewellyn, there's that. But yeah, Octopussy, for those reasons, comes in at number 18. Now, <clears throat> coming in now. In the 17th spot, we have another Roger Moore entry, and this is Live and Let Die, Live and Let Die, he, uh, which was Roger Moore's first entry back in 1973. Um, it, this was a good movie. It was just good for what Roger Moore did in his first part, but... Um, I, I think I, I think this is another another way where like the uh, novel. So I mean, I'm assuming the novel from Moonraker would be better than the movie itself, and maybe the same case now for this Live and Let Die. Uh, some people might be offended in that how it's kind of like um, black exploitation. How you say it, black exploitation. But yeah, in Roger Moore's first movie, Live and Let Die, it's got a lot of a ba uh, black villain characters. So I don't know, people might. Be offended by that and um i believe in the novel there might be some use of the n-word which any non-black person really shouldn't say if they don't want to get themselves in trouble you know um but yeah at the 17th spot is uh live and let die live and let die at yeah in 17 it was a good um roger moore movie to me it's a bit more watchable than a view to a kill being all the way worst um he does here in his first job i consider better than 23rd spot the man with the golden gun and not as um 
Still silly, but not as silly as Moonraker at 20. For your eyes only, I already gave my reasons why that came in its spot. And Octop and that was for your eyes only at 19. And Octopussy at 18. But yeah, live and let die in the 17th spot. Alright. Coming now in the 16th spot is. Well. I'll tell you, coming in now in the 16th spot is. Timothy Dalton's second and unfortunately final movie since he only got to do two even though they waited too long to get him to do a third because of the early 90s of the um, bureaucracy of legal matters. Coming in in the 16th, 16th spot is License to Kill, his second movie. Um, this movie is very violent. It's, the, it's also actually the first United States rank of uh, uh, United States of the ratings where in the United States it's the very first James Bond movie to get a PG-13 rating with License to Kill 1989 being the very first movie to get a PG-13 rating every United States rating after License to Kill would also be PG-13 but it's noted to be the very first PG-13 movie of all the Bond movies United States rating wise but yeah Li License to Kill in his second movie it's not going to be for everybody. It's very, very, extremely violent. And I, I, to me, for how violent it has, a, it's got a good story. It's got a good story and a good Bond villain and two good Bond and two um, engaging good and bad slash Bond uh, Bond women. But but overall, it's not one of the movies that I pop in to watch frequently a lot. So with how violent it is, and even though it's got a good story, good villain, good. Uh, um, it, all around the two different Bond women, what have you. Uh, License to Kill comes in now in the 16th spot. All right. We have now reached the 15th spot of 25 movies. Uh, coming in now at the 15th spot is... A movie that I... It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's one of the longer ones. It's a very long movie. And... It's noted for a good story, a good Bond woman, but for an actor that was only get, getting to be in the part one time, he never decided to do more than the one, which is a one-off, the only actor to do one time. For the 15th spot, we have 1969's On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Yes. Now, this isn't a bad movie by any means, but it's very long. Uh, the, the plot with uh, Blofeld is kind of bad, uh, but it's got a really great, great Bond woman with the relationship between Bond and the Bond woman on how they're, he, he actually gets married to, he, he actually gets married to her, and which, which makes it very um, unique and interesting of all the Bond movies for that reason, but with how long it is and really long, and it's just one of the ones where I... I've only seen this like maybe once or twice, but I haven't watched it multiple times, whereas I would watch other Bond movies multiple times much more than say this, but it's not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie, but it's not a good movie for me either. For me, it's kind of moderate in the middle, which is why it went way, way down in the, in the middle of it all in the 15th spot. All right, we are 27 minutes in. I have On Her Majesty's Secret Service with George Lazenby uh, in the 15th spot. Uh, he's also put in the rankings of with the Timothy Dalton 
Bond movies, in case you wanted to know where I rank George Lazenby, he's off, he's together with the Timothy Dalton section of the ranking of his movies, but yeah, um, so real quick, 25 to 15 so far, we got a view to a, 25 to 15, a view to a kill, a view to a kill, a view to a, diamonds are forever, a view to a kill, diamonds are forever, the man with the golden gun, die another day, Spectre, Moonraker, for your eyes only, Octo Pussy, Live and Let Die, Live and Let Die, Live and Let Die, by the way, has a really fantastic, really neat, incredible um, theme song for Live and Let Die. Octopussy at 18, Live and Let Die at 17, License to Kill at 16, and on Her Majesty's Secret Service in the 15th spot. And now, to make the 14th spot for me is... Daniel Craig's second of five movies coming out in 2008, just two years after Casino Royale. In the 14th spot, I have Quantum of Solace. And originally, when first having seen this a lot back in 08, up and until 2015 Spectre, Quantum of Solace was really low on my list. But it makes a middle spot now, because after comparing Quantum of Solace and Spectre together, it goes after much thinking about contemplation and just overall overall th um, mindfulness about it Quantum of Solace, while I don't like so much, ranks in the middle and is higher for me than how low so many reasons on why I did not care for Spectre past the opening. So Quantum of Solace ranks in the 14th spot and to just review real quick what that title means, Quantum of Solace Quantum is a Quantum is a degree Quantum is a degree, and Solace is a... Yeah, Quantum is a degree of something, and they face off Quantum, which later just turned out to be Spectre, but Quantum is a degree, and Solace means... It has something to do with relationships and love and things of that nature, of that matter. Because, uh, you know, Dan, uh, because Bond, James Bond was trying to get his degree of... Oh, degree of comfort. Solace is comfort. There you go. Solace means... 20 Q quantum means degree and s quantum means degree and solace solace means comfort a degree of comfort he was trying to find his quantum of solace after vesper and all but anyway we'll get to that but yeah quantum of solace at 14 is in the middle better spot than 21st specter specter is the worst of of in my opinion of daniel craig's five movies with quantum yeah, Quantum at 14, Spectre at 21st. Yes. Okay. Alright, now. Coming in now for my 13th spot. Yeah, 14 was, yeah, Quantum of Solace. Coming in at 13, we have a movie that also is very long. And... The plot's very kind of I would consider unoriginal if you know the end bombs, but and uh, But uh, coming in in the thirteenth spot for me is um, Sean Connery's fourth official movie, Thunderball. It's very long, um, but it's got like over ten different Bond women that look really beautiful, really in incredible, fantastic, real terrific. If nothing else, for the many Bond women, Thunderball's great. But for me. It's not in the worst of the movies, but it's also not in the best. So coming in somewhere in the middle there, in the 13th spot, we have Thunderball, Sean Connery's fourth movie. 
and probably the last time he gave a damn because uh, Diamonds Are Forever in his sixth spot, he didn't care, and in his fifth spot, you only lived twice, you could tell he's also starting really not to care, but definitely by Diamond, Diamond, uh, Diamonds Are Forever sixth spot, he done, didn't. But in his fourth entry here, Thunderball. Uh, yeah, Thunderball is the 13th spot with Quantum Solace there uh, at the 14th. All right, now... So yeah, with Thunderball just having the bond, like over many, many multiple bond women to keep that watchable. So it's not too high, but not too low. Thunderball somewhere in the middle. All right, now, now here's where, again, making this list was really tough, really difficult on where I rank all 25. But for my 12th, ranking at number 12 spot, after much thought about should it be higher? Should it be real high? Should it be real low? I couldn't, I, could, I couldn't, after seeing it twice theatrically, have it real low in a good, great, um, what, um, really, um, really low, in a, uh, how you say, terrific, like, in a, in a, in a, um, spot that's real as low as they're gonna get to great later on coming up. I couldn't have it there, but I couldn't have it too low either, because it, it does have some things worthwhile for what I'm gonna have now in the 12th spot. But not, you know, it couldn't be too high, but it couldn't be low either. So somewhere now, but I, after much difficult thinking about it, coming in the 12th spot, and I'm pretty sure I have all 25 more or less in the right spot as they should after thinking this up over a few nights uh, in a week or two ago for this episode. Coming in in the 12th spot is... Daniel Craig's fifth and final entry. It probably would have been better if he just ended his run at the end of Spectre, at the end of Bond 24. Coming in in the 12th spot is No Time to Die, the 25th official entry, No which it could have had a better title. All right, I've already talked about No Time to Die in some other episodes. I'm going to link for you what I did not like about No Time to Die, what I actually liked about No Time to Die, and the movie voiceover of... Movie voiceover, No Time to Die, Bond 25. All three of those podcast episodes that I did back in January and Mar January, back in January and March, I will have for you in the description box, so you can overall hear my overall hot um, thoughts and opinions about No Time to Die. To not go over it about it too much, and I'm gonna hopefully, God willing, have movie discussions with some other guy friends about No Time to Die for future content of guys going back and forth, me and the guys, about our thoughts and opinions together of the No Time Night Bond 25. So with that before content ready and future content to come with talking about discussions of it with guys, my guy friends in the future, let's just say that No Time to Die makes the 12th spot uh, for us right now. So, and that was a hard, that was, that, I, I, gotta, I gotta say, that was most where I was gonna put No Time to Die Bond, where I was gonna end up putting Bond 25 No Time to Die was probably one of those challenging, difficult parts of this entire list to get done for all 25 to be in there. But yeah, coming in now, ranking at 12th spot is No Time to Die for so many reasons you'll hear from before and after content. But now, coming in in the 11th spot is We Couldn't Have Anything There Without It in its first theatrical movie. The very first one, 1962, Dr. No, 
it's you already know if you're a Bond person why Doctor No is so um, so apart interesting about all this. It's yeah, that for me Doctor No is better than or more something uh, uh, engagement uh, more uh, altogether wise than No Time to Die. Uh, but yeah, twelfth No Time to Die. Twelfth No Time to Die. Eleven Doctor No. They almost. Doctor No, 1962, No Time to Die, 2021, though it was film, done filming by 2019. They almost, like, um, bookend each other. They almost bookend each other. So, yeah. Alright, so, that was the uh, 12th spot at No Time to Die, and the 11th spot at Doctor No, 1962. Alright. Alright. Alright, coming in now. We're now, we've now, now, now that we've gone over numbers 25 through 11, worst to best so far, or worst to middle, 25 to 11, we have now reached the 10th spot on this list. Live and let die. Yeah, number 17 spot. Live and let die. It's really great theme song by one of the, uh, by, uh, one of the Beatles. And Beatles was mentioned in, uh, the third movie, uh, Goldfinger. But now, coming in into the 10th spot is... What I consider the more enjoyable, more rewatchable of... And there's only two movies he did. Of the Timothy Dalton movies... To make it really well hot, really good spot at number 10, The Living Daylights, Timothy Dalton's first movie, which was a, which was a breath of fresh air after how really bad and not really terrible, awful The View to a Kill from 85 was with Roger Moore's, uh, with Roger Moore's seventh and final movie. And Tim and Timothy's first of two movies, The Living Daylights, had a good story. Had a good performance of Timothy Dalton as Bond. Had, had, um... Interestingly had, in the Afghanistan stuff, it had... Art Malik was, Art Malik was in The Living Daylights in the Bond movie with Timothy Dalton. Only to be the main bad villain of Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 1994 action comedy thriller... True Lies, he plays the main baddie of True Lies in 1994, but made it an earlier appearance to be with Timothy Dalton back and forth in Living Daylights. To me, personally, The Living Daylights is a much more watchable and enjoyable movie, at least for me, than his second movie, License to Kill, which made the 16th spot. License to Kill, I don't like as much, but for others, maybe they like License to Kill more than Living Daylights or other movies of people's things I have on the list um, then where I put them all like remember this is just my list this is my personal list of worst to best 25 to 1 my list isn't the right list it's just my list I'm sure you guys might have spots very different from mine and all of this but it was just my contemplation and where I would personally put all these where it took uh, two or three nights to get this list together and like I said I think I'm pretty sure No Time to Die is right in the 12th spot Thunderballs they're right in the 13th uh, Quantum of Solace is right in the 14th spot Thunderball's right in the third team spot, and 
No Time to Die, I'm pretty sure, is okay at coming in in altogether in the 12th, and Dr. No in 11. Yeah, Dr. No, uh, no Time to Die in 12, and Dr. No in 11. And I got Living Daylights in the 10th spot. All right, coming in now for me. At number nine. Coming, nine for, coming out for me at number nine is... The fifth official entry in the James Bond Eon film franchise, 1967's You Only Live Twice. Now, for me, You Only Live Twice, even though this is where Sean Connery starts to like not care about his performance or he wanted to get out of it, his last actual real good role as James Bond was in his fourth spot, uh, the first four, with the fourth being Thunderball in 1965. Even though his performance in You Only Live Twice is makes it bad as part of the whole thing it you only live twice makes the ninth spot because we finally get to visibly physically see blofeld who was teased in the earlier james Con in the earlier sean connery movies before in the first in the ones before the fifth movie, he was just teased and not seen. But you actually get to fit, and, and you actually get to physically see what Blofeld looks like in *You Only Live Twice*, played deliciously and so engagingly by Donald Pleasance, who would also turn out to be the uh, psychiatrist of Michael Myers in *Halloween* (1978), uh, where he played the good doctor, but here he plays the evil Blofeld. And so, getting to see Blofeld in this, physically, and the whole, uh, volcano, and, um, again, similar to, like, uh, Live and Let Die for the 17th spot, similar to the Blaxploitation stuff of Live and Let Die, uh, for You Only Live Twice, people might also be upset in how um, Asian things are perceived in this. Um, but outside of the Asian stuff that might um, annoy some people, getting to see Blofeld, getting to see the volcano layer, um, it makes it to be able to be, for me at least, in the top 10, in the ninth spot, you only live twice, coming in at nine. 10, 10 is the living daylights. Nine, you only live twice for seeing Blofeld, even though John Connery did not really get into it. Um, it's, it's for me at least, I, I, one of the more watchable entries in the series. Um, so yeah, that was number 10 and number, that was 10 with Living Daylights, nine with You Only Live Twice. Um, we are now 42 minutes in. I can only record for free up to 55 minutes. So what I'm gonna do is, I'm going to conclude this here. These were entries number 25 through 9. 25 through 9. But I'm going to have to record at least a, a second additional episode after just stating 10 and, 10th and 9th spot. Just so I can go into some more um, commentary and details uh, on, the eighth, on the 8th through the 1st spot. So this is going to be the part 1 of of two episodes to rank all 25 Eon official movies from worst to best. This has been so far entries 25 through 9 and in the second episode which may or may not well I don't know the length for that on the second episode will end up being but in the second follow up right after this 
We're going to have... Uh, going over my rankings of the 8th to the 1st spot. So, if you've enjoyed this so far, give it a like. Share it with friends. Uh... Give me a five-star rating on Apple if you like my content and my work. Uh, I got some songs for you coming up later this month. But right now, I wanted to make sure I got um, this James Bond content out for you of the rankings of all 25 movies from worst to best right after the two um, Austin Powers 3 and Gold members. So I'm going to leave it off here. These are rankings 25 through 9. Coming up right after, we're going to go over my 8th a through first spots. So we'll see you there on the other side of the road and the other side of the bridge. James Bond. Can't wait till we get more news about Bond 26. But uh, yeah, all good things in time. 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 The best is yet to come. 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 Oh yes, the best is yet to come. Support your local AMC, support your local movie theater wherever you live to keep the movie theaters in business because streaming is just not the same. And um, everybody dance and have a good time one more time. Everybody dance and have a good time. This is Millennial Man Motions Entertainment LLC signing out.